Doctor Who, Season 1, Episode 20. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 20 of Revolutionary War Rarities, the podcast from the Sons of the American Revolution. My name is Jim Griffith. And my name is Joe Maples. The year was 1826, and most of the town of Warrington, Georgia, was upset over the passing of gentle Dr. David Bush, who was in his 80s. He had lived in the area for 30 years and for the past 20 years had practiced medicine and taught religion and science at the local Warrington Academy. While Dr. Bush was respected, he was a very private man. It was known he was from New England and had lived in France before coming to Columbia County, Georgia in 1795. Much beyond that, very little was known about the local physician. Well, Tim, his executors were in for a very big surprise. First, they discovered wooden pieces of a submarine prototype in Dr. Bush's workshop, and his papers and will were even more startling. They find that Dr. Bush wasn't really Dr. Bush at all. He was, in fact, a well-known inventor. Once a member of the Continental Army's Corps of Engineers, Dr. Bush let's call him that for now, was born August the 30th, 1740 in Sayhook, Connecticut. He worked on his family's farm and spent his free time in pursuit of knowledge and was described as a reticent, quiet, and distant and exceedingly private person. At the age of 31, Dr. Bush entered Yale College, later Yale University, in New Haven, Connecticut. Now, while a student, Dr. Bush experimented with exploding timed gunpowder charges underwater. During his final year at Yale, he spent his last penny constructing a manned submarine capable of employing weapons. Built entirely of oak beams, the elliptical craft resembled two joined turtle shells. Thus, the craft was given the name the turtle. The turtle did not resemble that animal, but rather a huge walnut, seven and a half feet tall and six feet wide at the center, made of oak reinforced by iron bands. A single operator entered through the now familiar type of airtight hatch at the top, sat on a stool inside the vessel, and maneuvered the machine with hand-cranked propellers, a large one at the front and a small one at the top, and a rudder at the back. The turtle could float on the water's surface and pump in fresh air through a special leak-proof intake valve before submerging. The operator could only keep the vessel underwater until the fresh air became stale. Although Bush had some help with the various apparatus of his craft, the overall design and many of the details were entirely of his own creation. The turtle also had an oversized wood screw sticking straight up from its top with its handles inside the vessel's chamber. Attached to this screw was a waterproof fuse that led to the mine, which was buoyant but fastened to the outer hull. Now, Bush's plan of attack was for the operator to steer in secret under an enemy ship, drill the screw deep enough into the keel of the enemy ship to anchor it, then detach both the screw and the mine, set the fuse burning, and drive away as quickly as possible. The mine, held by the drill bit and its own buoyancy against the bottom of the enemy ship, would explode and sink the ship. 
Among the admirers of Bush's first successful trial runs at Saybrook in the summer of 1775 was another inventor named Benjamin Franklin. Well, the turtle finally saw action in 1776. The British Navy was blockading New York City, intending ultimately to invade along the Hudson River. Bush had his invention ferried down from Connecticut by ship. He targeted the British flagship, the HMS Eagle, as the turtle's first victim. However, Bush himself was too frail to pilot the craft, and his usual captain, his brother Ezra, was ill with a fever. A volunteer was quickly trained to operate the machine, and the mission began. The turtle moved with perfect accuracy and stealth, but the operator could not drill the screw through the copper-plated hull of the British ship and had to abandon the mission. Now, at most, the turtle's efforts may have spooked those on board the ship, who could tell that something was attacking the bottom of the ship, but could not see what it was. In two subsequent battles at Fort Lee on the Hudson River, the, the turtle again performed well, but failed to damage any shipping. Nevertheless, George Washington provided Bush a commission in the Corps of Engineers, hailing him as a man of great mechanical powers, fertile in invention, and a master of execution. After 1776, Bush abandoned the turtle and returned to inventing variations on the standard naval mine, including a drift model that exploded on contact. Bush's mines helped hamper and harass as well as destroy British ships throughout the war. In 1787, Bush disappeared from his home in Saybrook, and it was only after his death that it became known that Dr. David Bush was actually Captain David Bushnell and the Turtle. Although not the first submarine to exist, was the first submarine in history to be used in an attack. So, today we salute Captain David Bushnell and his turtle. Although the turtle had no success in its attacks during the Revolutionary War, Captain Bushnell nevertheless contributed mightily in hampering British warships through his use and improved designs of naval mines, and for that, we are thankful. My name is Jim Griffith. And my name is Joe Maples, and we thank you for joining us today. And be sure to join us for the next episode of Revolutionary War Rarities. This has been a production of the National Society, Sons of the American Revolution, www.sar.org.